Hey everybody, this is Richard Conwisher, and it's my honor to serve as the senior pastor of Peachtree Presbyterian Church in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm so glad that you've decided to join us for what we are calling Quest. It's a biblical journey where we are reading the Bible together. The ultimate search where we find out that God is actually searching for us. Many people have attempted to read the Bible from cover to cover, and what we find is that many people start out with great hope and don't make it to the end of the quest. We hope that this year will be different for you. Instead of trying to read the entire Bible in terms of every word and every page, we've highlighted the key chapters, and with only about 30 minutes or so per week worth of reading, we know that you will get the whole arc of the story, and that everything you read after that will have more meaning and depth and significance and beauty and wonder. And so we're glad that you're joining us on this quest. What we will do is we will read each week's portion of it because we know that so many of you are busy and might not have time to sit down and to read it with your own eyes. And what's interesting about this as you potentially listen to this in your car or while you're washing the dishes in the kitchen or while you're on a morning walk or exercise routine is that the Bible was intentionally and originally meant to be heard. For most of human history, the Bible was spoken aloud and repeated and repeated. And so we hope that with this podcast, you will get to hear each week's worth of reading and that you ask questions and you explore and you go back and you look deeper. I know that my Bible quest has been a lifelong journey and that my hunger for God only continues to grow throughout the years. And so we're grateful that you're with us. And if you want to find out more information or get more resources on the reading, go to peachtreechurch.com slash quest. And now for today's reading, listen to the word of the Lord. This is Pastor Rich Conwisher, and in today's reading, I want to give you a production note. The assigned reading today from 1 Kings is longer than usual And when you're able to read it with your eyes, you're able to scan. And so I encourage you to scan chapters 4, 5, 6, and 7 for the purpose of today's reading. And so it doesn't go on for an hour or so. I'm going to be reading chapters 1 through 3, chapter 8, and 10 and 11. 1 Kings chapter 1. When King David was very old, he could not keep warm, even when they put covers over him. And so his attendant said to him, Let us look for a young virgin to serve the king and take care of him. She can lie beside him, and so that our Lord may keep very warm. Then they searched throughout all of Israel for a beautiful young woman and found Abishag, a Shumanite, and brought her before the king. The woman was very beautiful, and she took care of the king and waited on him, but the king had no sexual relations with her. Now Adonijah, whose mother was Haggith, put himself forward and said, I will be the king. And so he got chariots and horses ready with 50 men to run ahead of him. His father had never rebuked him by asking, Why do you behave as you do? He was also very handsome, and he was born the next after Absalom. Adonijah conferred with Joab, son of Jurah, and with Abiathar, the priest, and they gave him their support. But Zadok, the priest, Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, Nathan, the prophet, Shimea, and Ray, and David, special's guard, did not join Adonijah. 
Adonijah then sacrificed sheep and cattle and fattened calves at the stone of Zoholath near Enrogel. And he invited all his brothers, the king's son, and all the royal officials of Judah. But he did not invite Nathan, the prophet, or Beniah, or the special guard, or his brother Solomon. Then Nathan asked Bathsheba, Solomon's mother, Have you not heard that Adonijah, the son of Haggath, has become king? And our Lord David knows nothing about it. Now then, let me advise you on how you can save your own life and the life of your son Solomon. Go into King David and say to him, My lord the king, did you not swear to me, your servant? Surely Solomon, your son, shall be king after me, and he will sit on my throne? Why then has Adonijah become king? And while you were still there talking to the king, I will come in and add my word to whatever you have said. So Bathsheba went to see the aged king in his room, where Abishag, the Shumanite, was attending him. Bathsheba bowed down, prostrating herself before the king. What is it you want? The king asked. She said to him, My lord, you yourself swore to me, your servant, by the Lord your God. Solomon, your son, shall be the king after me, and he will sit on my throne. But Adonijah has become king, and you, my lord, the king, do not know about it. He has sacrificed great numbers of cattle, fattened calves, and sheep, and has invited all the king's sons, Abiathar the priest, and Joab the commander of his army. But he has not invited Solomon, your servant. My lord, the king, the eyes of all Israel are on you. To learn from you who will sit on the throne of my lord, the king, after him. Otherwise, as soon as my lord the king is laid to rest with his ancestors, I and my son Solomon will be treated as criminals. While she was still speaking with the king, Nathan the prophet arrived, and the king was told, Nathan the prophet is here. And so he went before the king and bowed with his face to the ground. Nathan said, Have you, my lord the king, declared that Adonijah shall be king after you, and that he will sit on your throne? Today he has gone down and sacrificed great numbers of cattle, fattened calves, and sheep. He has invited all the king's sons and the commanders of the army, and Abiathar the priest. Right now they are eating and drinking with him, saying, Long live King Adonijah. But me, your servant, Zadok the priest, Beniah, son of Jehoiada, and your servant Solomon, he did not invite. Is this something my lord the king has done without letting his servants who would sit on the throne of my lord the king after him? And the king said, Call in Bathsheba. And so she came into the king's presence and stood before him. And the king took an oath, As surely as the Lord lives, who has delivered me out of every trouble, I will surely carry out this very day what I swore to you to the Lord, the God of Israel. Solomon your son shall be king after me, and he will sit on my throne in my place. Then Bathsheba bowed down with her face to the ground, prostrating herself before the king and say, May my lord the king David live forever. King David said, Call in Zadok the priest, Nathan the prophet, Beniah son of Jehoiada. And when they came before the king, he said to them, Take your lord's servants with you, and have Solomon my son mount my own mule and take him down to Gihon. There have Zadok the priest, Nathan the prophet, anoint him as king over Israel. Blow the trumpet and shout, Long live King Solomon. Then you were to go up with after him. And he is to come and sit on my throne and reign in my place. I have appointed him ruler over Israel and Judah. 
Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, answered the king, Amen. May the Lord, the God of my lord, the king, so declare it. And as the Lord was with my lord, the king, so may he be with Solomon to make his throne even greater than the throne of my lord, the king, David. And so Zadok the priest, Nathan the prophet, Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, and the Carathites and the Pelathites went down and had Solomon mount King David's mule, and they escorted him to Gihon. Zadok the priest took the horn of oil from the sacred tent and anointed Solomon. And then they shouted, they sounded the trumpet, and all the people shouted, Long live King Solomon! And all the people went up after him, playing pipes and rejoicing greatly, so that the ground shook with the sound. Adonijah and all the guests who were with him heard it as they were finishing their feast. And on hearing the sound of the trumpet, Joab said, What's the meaning of all the noise in the city? Even as he was speaking, Jonathan, son of Abiathar, the priest, arrived. Adonijah said, Come in. A worthy man like you must be bringing good news. Not at all, Jonathan answered. Our Lord King David has made Solomon king. The king has sent him with Zadok the priest, Nathan the prophet, Benaiah son of Jehoiadai, and Carathites and the Pelathites, and they have put him on the king's mule. And Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet have anointed him king at Gihon, and from there they have gone up cheering, and the city resounds with it. That's the noise you hear. Moreover, Solomon has taken his seat on the royal throne. Also, the royal officials have come to congratulate our Lord King David by saying, May your God make Solomon's name more famous than yours and his throne greater than yours. And the king bowed in worship on his bed and has said, Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, who has allowed my eyes to see a successor on my throne today. At this, all Adonijah's guests rose in alarm and dispersed. But Adonijah, in fear of Solomon, went and took hold of the horns of the altar. And Solomon was told, Adonijah is afraid of King Solomon and is clinging to the horns of the altar. He says, let King Solomon swear me today that he will not put his servant to death with the sword. And Solomon replied, if he shows himself to be worthy, not a hair of his head will fall to the ground. But if evil is found in him, he will die. Then King Solomon sent men, and they brought him down from the altar. And Adonijah came and bowed down to King Solomon. And Solomon said, Go to your home. Chapter 2 When the time drew near for David to die, he gave a charge to Solomon his son. I am about to go the way of all the earth, he said. So be strong. Act like a man and observe what the Lord your God requires. Walk in obedience to him. Keep his decrees and commands as laws and regulations, as written in the law of Moses. Do this so that you may prosper in all that you do and wherever you go, and that the Lord may keep his promise to me. If your descendants watch how they live, if they walk faithfully before me with all of their heart and soul, you will never fail to have a successor on the throne of Israel. Now you yourself know what Joab son of Zeruiah did to me and what he did to the two commanders of Israel's armies, Abner son of Ner and Amasa son of Jether. He killed them, shedding their blood in peacetime as if in battle. 
And with that blood, he stained the belt around his waist and the sandals on his feet. Deal with him according to your wisdom, but do not let his gray hair go down to the grave in peace. But show kindness to the sons of Barzillai, of Gilead, and let them be among those who eat at your table. They stood by me when I fled your brother Absalom. And remember, you have with you Shimei, son of Gerab, the Benjamite from Bahurim, who called down bitter curses on me that day I went to Mahanaim. And when he came down and went to meet me at the Jordan, I swore to him by the Lord, I will not put you to death by the sword. But now do not consider him innocent. You are a man of wisdom, and you will know what to do to him. Bring his gray head down to the grave in blood. Then David rested with his ancestors and was buried in the city of David. He had reigned for 40 years over Israel, seven years in Hebron, 33 years in Jerusalem. And so Solomon sat on the throne of his father David, and his rule was firmly established. Now Adonijah, the son of Haggath, went to Bathsheba, Solomon's mother. Bathsheba asked him, do you come peacefully? And he answered, yes, peacefully. And then he added, I have something to say to you. You may say it, she replied. As you know, he said, the kingdom was mine. All Israel looked to me as their king. But things changed, and the kingdom has gone to my brother, for it has come to him from the Lord. Now I have one request to make of you. Do you not refuse me? You may make it, she said. So he continued, please ask King Solomon. He will not refuse you to give me Abishag, the Shunammite, as my wife. Very well, Bathsheba replied. I will speak to the king for you. And when Bathsheba went to King Solomon to speak to him for Adonijah, the king stood up to meet her, bowed down to her, and sat down on his throne. He had a throne brought in for the king's mother, and she sat down at his right hand. I have one small request to make of you, she said. Do not refuse me. The king replied, Make it, my mother. I will not refuse you. And so she said, Let Abishag the Shunammite be given in marriage to your brother Adonijah. King Solomon answered his mother, Why do you request Abishag the Shunammite for Adonijah? You might as well request the kingdom for him. After all, he is my older brother. Yes, for him, and for Abiarth the priest, and for Joab the son of Zeruiah. And then King Solomon swore by the Lord, may God deal with me, be it ever so severely, if Adonijah does not pay for his life for this request. And now as surely as the Lord lives, he who established me securely on the throne of my father David and has found a dynasty for me, as he promised, Adonijah shall be put to death today. And so King Solomon gave orders to Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, and he struck down Adonijah, and he died. To Abiathar, the priest, the king said, Go back to your fields and Anathoth. You deserve to die, but I will not put you to death now. Because you carried the ark of the sovereign Lord before my father David and shared all my father's hardships. And so Solomon removed Abiathar from the priest to the Lord, fulfilling the word that the Lord had spoken at Shiloh about the house of Eli. And when the news reached Joab, who had conspired with Adonijah, though not with Absalom, 
He fled to the tent of the Lord, took hold of the horns of the altar. King Solomon was told that Joab had fled to the tent of the Lord and was beside the altar. And then Solomon ordered Benaiah, son of Jehoiadai, go strike him down. And so Benaiah entered the tent of the Lord and said to Joab, the king says, come out. But he answered, no, I will die here. Benaiah reported to the king, this is how Joab answered me. And then the king commanded Benaiah, do as he says, strike him down, bury him, and so clear me and my whole family of the guilt of the innocent blood that Joab has shed. The Lord will repay him for the blood that he has shed, because without my father David knowing it, he attacked two men and killed them with the sword, both of them, Abner son of Ner, commander of Israel's army, and Amasa son of Jether, commander of Judah's army, were better men and more upright than he. May the guilt of their blood rest on the head of Joab and his descendants forever. But on David and his descendants, his house and his throne, may there be Lord's peace forever. So Benaiah, son of Jehoadai, went up and struck down Joab and killed him, and he was buried at his home out in the country. The king put Benaiah, son of Jehoadai, over the army in Joab's position and replaced Abiathar with Zadok the priest. Then the king sent for Shimei and said, Build yourself a house in Jerusalem. Live there, but do not go anywhere else. The day you leave and cross the Kidron Valley, you can be sure that you will die, and your blood will be on your own head. Shimei answered the king, What you say is good. Your servant will do as the Lord the king is at. And Shimei stayed in Jerusalem for a long time. But three years later, Two of Shimei's slaves ran off to Achish, son of Maacah, and the king of Gath, and Shimei was told, Your slaves are in Gath. At this he saddled his donkey and went to Achish and Gath in search of his slaves. And so Shimei went away and brought the slaves back from Gath. And when Solomon was told that Shimei had gone from Jerusalem to Gath and had returned, the king summoned Shimei to him, Did I not make you swear by the Lord and warn you? On the day that you leave and go anywhere else, you can be sure that you will die. And at that time you said to me, what you say is good, I will obey. Why then did you not keep your oath to the Lord and obey the command that I gave you? The king also said to Shimei, you know in your heart all the wrong that you did to my father David. Now the Lord will repay you for your wrongdoing. But King Solomon will be blessed. David's throne will remain secure before the Lord forever. And then the king gave the order to Benaiah, son of Jehoadai. And he went out and struck Shimei down, and he died. The kingdom was now established in Solomon's hands. Chapter 3. Solomon made an alliance with Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, and married his daughter. He brought her to the city of David until he finished building his palace and the temple of the Lord, and the wall around Jerusalem. The people, however, were still sacrificing at the high places because a temple had not yet been built in the name of the Lord. Solomon showed his love for the Lord by walking in according to the instructions given to him by his father David, except that he offered sacrifices and burned incense on the high places. The king went to Gibeon to offer sacrifices, for that was the most important high place, and Solomon offered a thousand burnt offerings on that altar. 
At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon during the night in a dream, and God said, Ask for whatever you want me to give you. And Solomon answered, You have shown great kindness to your servant, my father David, because he was faithful to you and righteous and upright in heart. You have continued this great kindness to him and have given him a son to sit on his throne to this very day. Now, Lord my God, you have made your king in place of my father David, but I am only a little child. I do not know how to carry out my duties. Your servant is here among the people you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to count or number. And so give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people, to distinguish between right and wrong, for who is able to govern this people of yours? The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for this. And so God said to him, since you have asked for this and not for long life or wealth for yourself, nor have you asked for the death of your enemies, for, but for discernment and administering a justice, I will do what you have asked. I will give you a wise and discerning heart so that there will never have been anyone like you, nor will there ever be. Moreover, I will give you what you have not asked for, both wealth and honor, so that in your lifetime you will have no equal among kings. And if you walk in obedience to me and keep my decrees and commands as David your father did, I will give you a long life. Then Solomon awoke and realized that it had been a dream. He returned to Jerusalem and stood before the Ark of the Lord's Covenant and sacrificed burnt offerings and fellowship offerings. And then he gave a feast for all of his court. Now two prostitutes came to the king and stood before him. One of them said, Pardon me, my lord, this woman I live in the same house. I had a baby while she was there with me. And the third day after my child was born, this woman also had a baby. We were alone. There was no one in the house but the two of us. And during the night, this woman's son died because she lay on him. So she got up in the middle of the night and took my son from my side while all your servant was asleep. And she put him by her breast and put her dead son by my breast. And the next morning I got up to nurse my son and he was dead. But when I looked at him closely in the morning light, I saw that it wasn't the son that I had born. The other woman said, no, the living one is my son and the dead one is yours. But the first one insisted, no, the dead one is yours and the living one is mine. And so they argued before the king and the king said, this one says my son is alive and your son is dead. While that one says, no, your son is dead and mine is a lion. Then the king said, bring me a sword. And so they brought a sword before the king and he gave the order, cut the living child in two and give half to one and half to the other. The woman whose son was alive was deeply moved out of her love for her son and said to the king, please, Lord, my Give her the living baby, don't kill him. But the other one said, Neither you nor I shall have him cut him in two. And then the king gave his ruling. Give the living baby to the first woman. Do not kill him. She is his mother. And when all Israel heard the verdict the king had given, they held the king in awe, because they saw that he had wisdom from God to administer justice. 
chapter 8. Then King Solomon summoned into his presence at Jerusalem the elders of Israel, all the heads of the tribes and the chiefs of the Israelite families, to bring up the Ark of the Lord's Covenant from Zion, the city of David. All the Israelites came together to King Solomon at the time of the festival, in the month of Ethanim, the seventh month. When all the elders of Israel had arrived, the priests took up the Ark, and they brought up the Ark of the Lord and the tent of the meeting, and all of the sacred furnishings in it. The priests and the Levites carried them up, and King Solomon and the entire assembly of the Lord that had gathered about him were before the ark, sacrificing so many sheep and cattle that they could not be recorded or counted. The chief priests then brought the ark of the Lord's covenant to its place in the inner sanctuary of the temple, the most holy place, and put it beneath the wings of the cherubim. The cherubim spread their wings over the place of the ark and overshadowed the ark with its carrying poles. The poles were so long that their ends could be seen from the holy place in front of the inner sanctuary, but not from outside the holy place. And they are still there today. There was nothing in the ark except the two stone tablets that Moses had placed in it at Horeb, where the Lord made a covenant with the Israelites after they came out out of Egypt. And when the priests withdrew from the holy place, the cloud filled the temple of the Lord. And the priests could not perform their service because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord filled his temple. And then Solomon said, The Lord has said that he would dwell in a dark cloud. I have indeed built a magnificent temple for you, a place for you to dwell forever. And while the whole assembly of Israel was standing there, the king turned around and blessed them. And then he said, Praise be to the God, the God of Israel, who with his own hand has fulfilled what he promised with his own mouth to my father David. For he said, Since the day I brought my people, Israel, out of Egypt, I have not chosen a city in any tribe of Israel to have a temple built so that my name might be there, but I have chosen David to rule my people Israel. My father David had in it in his heart to build a temple for the name of the Lord, the God of Israel. But the Lord said to my father David, You did well to have it in your heart to build a temple for my name. Nevertheless, you were not the one to build the temple, but your son, your own flesh and blood. He is the one who will build the temple for my name. And so the Lord has kept the promise that he had made. I have succeeded David, my father, and now I sit on the throne of Israel, just as the Lord promised, and I have built the temple for the name of the Lord, the God of Israel. I have provided a place there for the ark in which the covenant of the Lord that he made with our ancestors when he brought them out of Egypt. And then Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord in front of the whole assembly of Israel, and he spread out his hands towards heaven and said, Lord, the God of Israel, there is no God like you in heaven above or in earth below. You who keep your covenant of love with your servants, who continue wholeheartedly in your way, you have kept your promise to your servant David, my father. With your mouth you have promised, and with your hand you have fulfilled it as it is today. Now, Lord, the God of Israel, Keep for your servant David, my father, the promises you made to him when you said, you shall never fail to have a successor to sit before me on the throne of Israel. If only your descendants are careful in all they do to walk before me faithfully as you have done. 
me now, the God of Israel. Let your word that you promised your servant David, my father, come true. But will God really dwell on earth? The heavens, even the highest heaven, cannot contain you. How much less this temple that I have built. And yet give attention to your servant's prayer and his plea for mercy. Lord, my God, hear my cry. And the prayer that your servant is praying in your presence this day, may your eyes be open toward this temple night and day, this place of which you said, my name shall be there. And so that you will hear the prayer your servant prays towards this place. Hear the supplications of your people and of your people, Israel, when they pray towards this place. Hear from heaven your dwelling place, and when you hear, forgive. When anyone wrongs their neighbor and is required to take an oath, and they come and swear the oath before your altar in this temple, then hear from heaven and act. Judge between your servants, condemning the guilty by bringing down on their heads what they have done and vindicating the innocent by treating them in accordance with their innocence. And when your people, Israel, have been defeated by an enemy because they have sinned against you, and when they turn back to you and give praise to your name, praying and making supplication to you in this temple, then hear from heaven and forgive the sin of your people, Israel, and bring them back to the land that you gave to their ancestors." When the heavens are shut up and there is no rain because your people have sinned against you, and when they pray towards this place and give praise to your name and turn from their sin because you have afflicted them, then hear from heaven and forgive the sin of your servants, your people Israel. Teach them the right way to live and send rain on the land and give your people an inheritance. When famine or plague comes to the land, or blight, or mildew, or locusts, or grasshoppers, or when an enemy besieges them in any of their cities, whatever disaster or disease may come, and when prayer or plea is made by anyone among your people Israel, being aware of the afflictions of their own hearts and spreading out their hands toward this temple, then hear from heaven your dwelling place. Forgive and act. Deal with everyone according to all that they do, since you know their hearts, for you alone know every human heart, so that they will fear you all the time they live in the land that you gave to our ancestors. As for the foreigner who does not belong to your people, Israel, but has come from a distant land because of your name, for they will hear of your great name and your mighty hand and your outstretched arm. And when they come and pray toward this temple, then hear from heaven your dwelling place. Do whatever the foreigner asks of you, so that all the peoples of the earth may know your name and fear you, as you do your own people, Israel, and may know that this house I have built bears your name. When your people go to war against all their enemies, wherever you send them, and when they pray to the Lord toward the city that you have chosen and the temple I have built for your name, then hear from heaven their prayer and their plea and uphold their cause. And when they have sinned against you, for there is no one who does not sin, and you become angry with them and give them over to their enemies who take them captive to their own lands far away or near, and if they have a change of heart in the land, 
where they are held captive and repent and plead with you in the land of their captors and say, we have sinned, we have done wrong, we have acted wickedly. And if they turn back to you with all of their heart and their soul and the land of their enemies who took them captive and pray to you toward the land that you gave to your ancestors, toward the city that you have chosen, the temple that I have built for your name, then from heaven, your dwelling place, hear their prayer, their plea, and uphold their cause. And forgive your people who have sinned against you. Forgive all the offenses they have committed against you and cause their captors to show them mercy. For they are your people, your inheritance, whom you brought out of Egypt, out of that iron smelting furnace. May your eyes be open to your servants' pleas and to the plea of your people Israel, and may you listen to them whenever they cry out to you, for you have singled them out from all of the nations of the world to be your inheritance, just as you declared through your servant Moses when you, sovereign Lord, brought out our ancestors out of Egypt. When Solomon had finished all these prayers and supplications to the Lord, he rose before the Lord altar where he had been kneeling with his hands spread out towards heaven. He stood and blessed the whole assembly of Israel in a loud voice saying, Praise be to the Lord who has given rest to his people Israel just as he promised. Not one word has failed of all the good promises that he gave through his servant Moses. May the Lord our God be with us as he was with our ancestors. May he never leave us or forsake us. May he turn our hearts to him and walk in obedience to him, keep his commands, decrees, and laws that he gave to our ancestors. And may these words of mine, which I have prayed before the Lord, be near to the Lord our God day and night, that he may uphold the cause of his servant and the cause of his people Israel according to each day's need so that all the peoples of the earth may know that the Lord is God and there is no other. And may your hearts be fully committed to the Lord our God to live by his decrees and obey his commands at this time. Then the king and all Israel with him offered sacrifices before the Lord. Solomon offered a sacrifice of fellowship offerings to the Lord, 22,000 cattle, 120,000 sheep and goats. And so the king and all the Israelites dedicated the temple of the Lord. And on that same day, the king consecrated the middle part of the courtyard in front of the temple of the Lord. And there he offered burnt offerings, grain offerings, and the fat of the fellowship offerings, because the bronze altar that stood before the Lord was too small to hold the burnt offerings, the grain offerings, and the fat offerings of the fellowship offerings. And so Solomon observed the festival at that time, and all Israel with him, a vast assembly, people from Labo Hamath to the Wadi of Egypt, they celebrated it before the Lord our God for seven days and seven days more, 14 days in all. And on the following day, he sent the people away. They blessed the king and then went home joyful, glad in heart for all the good things that the Lord had done for his servant David and for his people Israel. Chapter 10. 
When the queen of Sheba heard about the fame of Solomon and his relationship to the Lord, she came to test Solomon with hard questions. Arriving at Jerusalem with a very great caravan, with camels carrying spices, large quantities of gold and precious stones, she came to Solomon and talked with him about all that she had on her mind. Solomon answered all of her questions. Nothing was too hard for the king to explain to her. And when the queen of Sheba saw all the wisdom that Solomon and the palace that he had built, the food on his table, the seating of his officials, the attending servants in their robes, his cupbearers, the burnt offerings he had made at the temple of the Lord, she was overwhelmed. She said to the king, The report I heard in my own country about your achievements and your wisdom is true. But I did not believe these things until I came and saw with my own eyes. Indeed, not even half was told me. And wisdom and wealth, for you have far exceeded the report that I heard. How happy your people must be. How happy your officials who continually stand before you and hear your wisdom. Praise be to the Lord your God, who has delighted in you and placed on you the throne of Israel. Because of the Lord's eternal love for Israel, he has made you king to maintain justice and righteousness. And she gave the king 120 talents of gold, large quantities of spices and precious stones. Never again were there so many spices brought in as those the queen of Sheba gave to King Solomon. Hiram's ships brought gold from Orphir, and from there they brought great cargoes of almond wood and precious stone. The king used the almond wood to make supports for the temple of the Lord and for the royal palace and to make harps and lyres for the musicians. So much almond wood has never been imported or since seen that day. King Solomon gave the queen of Sheba all that she desired and asked for, besides what he had given her out of his royal bounty. And then she left and returned with her retinue to her own country. The weight of the gold that Solomon received that year was 666 talents, not including the revenues of the merchants and the traders and all from the Arabian kings and the governors of the territories. King Solomon made 200 large shields of hammered gold, 600 shekels of gold went into each shield, and he also made 300 small shields of hammered gold with three minas of gold in each shield. And the king put them in the palace of the forest of Lebanon. And then the king made a great throne covered with ivory and overlaid with fine gold. The throne had six steps, and its back had a rounded top. On both sides of the seat were armrests with a lion standing beside each of them. Twelve lions stood on the six steps, one at each end of the step. Nothing like it had ever been made for any other kingdom, and all King Solomon's goblets were gold, and the household articles in the palace and the force of the Lebanon were pure. Nothing was made of silver, because silver was considered of little value in Solomon's day. The king had a fleet of trading ships at sea along the ships of Hiram, and once every three years it returned carrying gold and silver and ivory and apes and baboons. King Solomon was greater in riches and wisdom than all the other kings of the earth, and the whole world sought audience with Solomon to hear the wisdom that God had put in his heart. Year after year, everyone who came brought a gift, articles of silver and gold and robes and weapons and spices and horses and mules. And Solomon accumulated chariots and horses. He had 1,400 chariots and 12,000 horses, which he kept in chariot cities and also with him in Jerusalem. The king made silver as common in Jerusalem as stones, and cedar as plentiful as sycamore fig trees in the foothills. 
Solomon's horses were imported from Egypt and from Kew. The royal merchants purchased them from Kew at the current price. And they imported a chariot from Egypt for 600 shekels of silver and a horse for 150. And they also exported them to all the kings of the Hittites and their Arameans. King Solomon, however, loved many foreign women besides Pharaoh's daughter. Moabites, Ammonites, Edomites, Sidonites, and Hittites. They were from nations about which the Lord had told the Israelites, you must not intermarry with them because they will surely turn your heart after other gods. Nevertheless, Solomon held fast to them in love. He had 700 wives of royal birth and 300 concubines. And his wives led him astray. As Solomon grew old, his wives turned his heart after other gods. His heart was not fully devoted to the Lord his God as the heart of David his father had been. He followed Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Sidonians, Mole, the detestable gods of the Ammonites. And Solomon did evil in the eyes of the Lord. He did not follow the Lord completely as David his father had done. On the hill east of Jerusalem, Solomon built a high place for Chemos, the detestable god of Moab, and for Molech, the detestable god of the Ammonites. He did the same for all of his foreign wives who burned incense and offered sacrifices to their gods. The Lord became angry with Solomon because his heart had turned away from the Lord, the God of Israel, who had appeared to him twice. Although he had forbidden Solomon to follow other gods, Solomon did not keep the Lord's command. And so the Lord said to Solomon, Since this is your attitude, and you have not kept my covenant and my decrees which I commanded you, I will most certainly tear the kingdom away from you and give it to one of your subordinates. Nevertheless, for the sake of David your father, I will not do it in your lifetime. I will tear it out of the hands of your son. Yet I will not tear the whole kingdom from him, but will give him one tribe for the sake of David, my servant, and for the sake of Jerusalem, which I have chosen. Then the Lord raised up against Solomon an adversary, Hadad the Edomite, from the royal line of Edom. Earlier, when David was fighting with Edom, Joab, the commander of the army, who had gone up to bury the dead, had struck down all the men of Eden. And Joab and all the Israelites stayed there for six months until they had destroyed all of them. But Hadad, still only a boy, fled to Egypt and with some Edomite officials who had served his father. They set out from Midian and went to Paran. And then taking the people from Paran with them, they went to Egypt and to Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, who gave Hadad a house and a land and provided him with food. Pharaoh was so pleased with Hadad that he gave him a sister of his own wife, Queen Tapanes, in marriage. The sister of Tapanes bore him a son named Janubath, whom Tapanes brought up in the royal palace, and then Jerubath, with Pharaoh's own children, lived. While he was in Egypt, Hadad heard that David rested with his ancestors and that Joab, the commander of the army, was also dead. Then Hadad said to Pharaoh, Let me go that I may return to my own country. 
What have you lacked here that you want to go back to your own country, Pharaoh said. Nothing, Hadad said, but do let me go. And God raised up against Solomon another adversary, Rezon, son of Eliadah, who had fled from his master Hadadazer, king of Zobah. And when David destroyed Zobah's army, Rezon gathered a band of men around him and became their leader. And they went to Damascus, where they settled and took control. Rezon was Israel's adversary as long as Solomon lived, adding to the trouble caused by Hadad. And so Rezon ruled in Aram and was hostile towards Israel. Also, Jeroboam, son of Nebat, rebelled against the king. He was one of Solomon's officials, an Ephraimite from Zeradah, and his mother was a widow named Zurah. Here is the account of how he rebelled against the king. Solomon had built the terraces and had filled the gap in the wall of the city of David, his father. Now Jeroboam was a man of standing. And when Solomon saw how well the young man did his work, he put him in charge of the whole labor force of the tribes of Joseph. About that time, Jeroboam was going out of Jerusalem, and Hajith, the prophet of Shiloh, met him on his way, wearing a new cloak. And the two of them were alone out in the country, and Ahijah took hold of the new cloak that he was wearing and tore it into twelve pieces. And then he said to Jeroboam, Take ten pieces for yourself, for this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. See, I am going to tear the kingdom of Solomon's hand and give it to you ten tribes. But for the sake of my servant David and the city of Jerusalem, which I have chosen out of all the tribes of Israel, he will have one tribe. I will do this because they have forsaken me and worshipped Ashtoreth, the god of the Sidians, and Chamosh, the god of the Moabites, and Molech, the god of the Ammonites, and have not walked in obedience to me, nor have done what is right in my eyes, nor kept my decrees and my laws as David, Solomon's father, did. But I will not take the whole kingdom out of Solomon's hands. I have made him a ruler all the days of his life for the sake of David, my servant, whom I chose and who obeyed my decrees and commands. I will take the kingdom from his son's hands and give you ten tribes. I will give one tribe to his son so that David, my servant, may always have a lamp before me in Jerusalem, the city where I chose to put my name. However, as for you, I will take you and you will rule over all that your heart desires and you will be king over Israel. If you do whatever I command you and walk in obedience to me and do what is right in my eyes, obeying my decrees and commands as David, my servant, did, I will be with you. I will build you a dynasty as enduring as the one I built for David. I will give Israel to you. I will humble David's descendants because of this, but not for forever. Solomon tried to kill Jeroboam. But Jeroboam fled to Egypt to Shishak the king and stayed there until Solomon's death. As for the other events of Solomon's reign, all he did, the wisdom he displayed, are they not written in the books of the animals of Solomon? Solomon reigned in Jerusalem over all Israel for 40 years. Then he rested with his ancestors and was buried in the city of David his father, and Rehoboam, his son, succeeded him as king. Psalm 42. 
As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Where can I go and meet with God? My tears have been my food day and night, while people say to me all the day long, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul. How I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the mighty one with shouts of joy and praise among all the festival strong. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him. My Savior and my God, my soul is downcast within me. Therefore, I will remember you from the land of the Jordan, from the heights of Hermon, from Mount Mizor. Deep calls to deep in the roar of your waterfalls. All your waves and breakers have swept over me. By day and night, the Lord directs his love. At night, his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, Why have you forgotten me? Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by my enemy? My bones suffer mortal agony as my foes taunt me, saying to me all day long, Where is your God? Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him my Savior, and my God. Thank you so much for joining us today on our quest. And we hope that week in and week out, you're getting to experience and explore and discover God's incredible desire and search for you. If you have any further questions or want more information, go to peachtreechurch.com quest. And we would love to hear from you and hope that you are experiencing the wonder and the majesty of God as you listen to his word. And if you stay with us on the whole journey, I know you'll have this bigger perspective of life, of reality, and of your role in it. We're so glad that you're joining us and we wish you God's very best.